0: Podcast, uh, Groundhog Day uh, doesn't begin to start to tell the story even, it finished up at Bloomfield Road, Blackpool 3, City 1, City don't like to be beside the seaside, well they certainly didn't today. Joining me are uh, Ian, and Neil and Mark, um, as we normally do, uh, let's have, uh, I'll start with you first Ian, quick 30 seconds on, uh, on the game.
1: Pathetic performance. Uh, i just heard uh, Nigel Pearson we are where we are well I'm fed up with where we are I want to be somewhere else and it's not good enough so Pearson and Fleming should resign this evening we can't defend crosses we can't defend corners we've got defenders who ball and, and and it's unacceptable and it's just it really is I'm fed up with all the yap coming out of Ashton Gate I'm fed up with it to the back teeth to the point where I ain't buying a season ticket next season. I think a lot of other people are going to say, well, look, if it's going to be terrible for the next two years, um, I'll, uh, I'll go away for two years, watch the odd game, watch a bit on the telly, and then I'll, I'll give you some money when you've got it sorted out because it is desperate. We can't go away from home. I've, re- I've, I've done a note of our record. It is pitiful and it has to stop. When I looked at the weather today. I thought we won't be any good today. Windy condition, ball go up in the air, um, can't defend from set pieces, can't defend crosses and that's exactly how it turned out against a very very mediocre side. We we defended like a parks team. All
0: right, All right. Ian, that's uh, your say. I, I have to say I'm inclined to agree with you and anybody on the uh, o who's calling people that criticise the club because this is a rebuilding project and we are getting better, which we sort of were retards. Uh, a little bit harsh that, but you know, Ian and the rest of us on here, we tell it as it is. Neil, I know you've only seen uh, the highlights, but, you know, you probably read the comments and what have you, and the goals. You know, we had him. We, we, I went into the game with a bit of optimism. I put five quid on O'Dowder to uh, score. I didn't what? say first goal score, five quid on him to score, and then us to be a heart ahead in, in each half, you know, and I'm the usual cup half empty person, but uh, a bit of a setback today, really, wasn't it, against a side that. You know how many of them would get on paper into our lineup? I don't think that many, maybe yates up front, but your your thoughts, neil briefly well i am not going to be quite as negative as as Ian now
2: I have to say i th- I think the whole be difficult concept, the, i think the whole uh, I think the whole concept is um we are a work in progress, and as Pearson says, we are where we are, and that means that we will have good games and bad games. And some middling games, I'm not, I'm not buying into this upward curve. You know, there are too many players at the club still that are underperforming, that are in the first eleven because of injuries, and such like. He, he's he's got maybe five or six players there that he can build around. We've got weaknesses in the team. That's nine games in a row we've conceded two goals. I mean, that is farcical, isn't it? whichever we've way you look at it
0: the autumn we've not done that as somebody put that on autumn and i went and checked it out we've not done that since the autumn of 1962 and it's interesting that the, the game prior to the one that started that run uh, or in fact the five preceding games we conceded uh more than two in four of the preceding five so but you know that's a lifetime ago isn't it it's 60 years ago for christ's sake so Tell me it's wrong. So much wrong. Well, I just want to pick you up on one point, Neil. When you say some players underperforming, who's in the side that started today that you wouldn't have? That's only in there because of injuries?
2: Uh, De Silva. Mm. Uh, Cod. I would say, arguably, mm. based on his performances. Mm. Um, ideally. You probably wouldn't have Pring there. You probably have Baker. Yeah. And then you probably have Pring a little further forward, maybe as a left wing back. Yeah. So
0: fair enough. Fair enough. I think
2: think with regards to you talking, yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, Dave, I haven't seen uh, the game itself. I didn't. I was out watching my son play football today, so be unfair of me to, but from the highlights that I've seen and the fact that Cod got taken off at half-time I'm guessing that uh, he, he had a fairly crap. difficult first half it
0: was crap He was crap oh, right. even Tinian said even Tinian said well I'll come on to that in a minute a couple of comments that uh, Tin's made not directly at him but about him which pick it up um, Mark your uh, your thoughts on, uh, on the game um,
3: yeah, I mean I'll keep it short and sweet. There wasn't a lot in the game, but the key points were that Black were a lot braver when they needed to be. And um, you know, especially uh, at the business end at the business end of the pitch. Uh, and City again were just awful from, from set pieces. Players who should know better than Thomas Callas, Tim Tim Closer giving away possess you know giving away possession. Uh, when O'Dowd have flapped at a ball as well. It's just those key moments where we seem to concede clusters of gold either side of half-time. We did it against Fulham, against Huddersfield and we've done it today. 15 goals conceded in the last five Away games. That's going back to Hull because we obviously we had the Luton game out of sync. Yeah. City looked good going forward, missed yeah. good opportunities to get back into the game. But get into the
0: it's the it's the action.
3: it's the poor defending. I'm not going to go for this for the nuclear option Nike I'm not going to say we are where we are because that people will, will just want to bag their heads against the wall. You know they've heard it, they've heard it all before. But it's the defending. Somebody has got to organise that defence. Uh, and you know, and 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 do something, but because uh, we were just left badly exposed today by an ordinary Blackpool, by an ordinary Blackpool team, but they wanted it more in those moments, and that was the bad thing.
0: Well, that's key that you say. Uh wanted it more because you know that that is why sides like Luton maybe Blackburn and QPR are all up there challenging and they don't have this uh, parachute payment thing that's always dangled in front as a reason for us being uh, mediocre. Ian I'll come to you uh, uh, first I mean the uh, next as we dive into the action I mean the, um, uh, the, the start was good there was some promising stuff saying that on the second minute Semenyo lost uh, possession and Blackpool came back in and almost got a goal as early as the uh, second minute but the, uh, the comment that Tins made was when we put in a cross from uh, Callas Callas put in a good cross the corner was wasted but Tins said as the ball came in he said Cod should be attacking the far post from that Callum cross instead of uh, standing back I mean that incident apart Ian we started the game okay didn't we didn't you think
1: when we got the ball down and we played football, we looked for far better side in Blackpool, but we just didn't do it enough. And Callum Downer was totally ineffective until about the last two minutes, when he made a run down the left, burst past three players, and put in a pretty obvious cross to hit the,
0: hit the top of the box That was the one that hit the bar, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, the,
1: if you wanted, I mean, I've got a note with the goals, but I mean, first cod. Awful defending back in the penalty area. Gives the ball to Closer. Closer scuffs the clearance out to their lad. Their lad clips it to the far post where you've got Jada Silva and one other jumping against a much taller player who pulled wide and they pulled him wide tactically for that reason. Uh, I thought Jada Silva looked like he could play football um, today and he looked like he had a pass and and he could see a pass and he, he created... The second goal after Williams put in a nice cross field pass, so he can use it. Right What's going on? Who's it in the keyboard?
0: Um, I don't know. And, you carry on talking, mate.
1: And uh, then we went uh, so the, they had the ball across. Callas is ball watching. Um, Yates is behind him, gets attacking more or less. He didn't have to do much. He was totally unmarked, about five yards out. So that was, that was goal number one, catalogue of errors. Um, and it, if you're going to let sides lash balls into the back post, then you need somebody at the back post who can head the bloody thing. It's no good putting Jay in there. He can't do that. It's unfair to ask the kid to do it. Uh, Defending on the ground, he's absolutely fine. But throwing an eyeball to the big six.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, big... oh. with a big centre-forward um, pulling away to the far post. That's it. I mean, what Blackpool had today that we didn't was an effective attacking game plan. They only had 30-odd percent of the ball. We had 61% possession today. Again. yeah. But we, we, we just, when we get it, a lot of it is backwards and sideways, which winds me up. And other things that were wrong with our game today... When the ball was zipped into people, they couldn 't control it the number of times the ball just they waited too long for a pass. the ball bounced off their shin or something like that I mean yeah. we, I think we had far better players in Blackpool, but Blackpool had a game plan, and they had a, they had an effective big target man in the who put himself about
0: he did let me come on to uh, uh, you neil the the first goal is in uh... Described it. I mean, it's easy to blame O'Dowder. You know, I'm going to blame O'Dowda. Somebody said let's blame him for the third as well after he'd gone off. But I mean, he, the ball <laughs> wasn't shepherded away. Um, and then, as I say, it was um, Kloss didn't do the best clearance, and uh, it was Hamilton, I think, with the uh, with the first goal. But uh, uh, Neil, um, the second goal coming so soon after on 38 minutes, it was a corner. And Callas was out jumped by Medine. Now, you know everybody was saying, "Oh, Medine, fat boy, and what have you." But Callas was just rooted to the ground when this lump just jumped above him. Yeah, I mean, you saw the goal. I know you didn't see. Oh, yeah, act,
2: yeah. No, but, I've, I've, you know, I've seen the goal. Round, you
0: got a mountain to climb, haven't you?
2: He got caught underneath it, didn't he? He got caught underneath it, and Medine was uh, had had the run on him. I I always. I mean, that is classic territory for Baker, isn't it? Mm. That centre, that was where he is. When they played that zonal defence with the three centre-backs, pretty much on the six-yard line. Um, And uh, that's the way we play it. That's why we've conceded a few goals at the near post and stuff, because you think, oh, our better players will go in. But we play a mixture of man-for-man and zonal when they're defending corners. Now... In that centre, that is where Baker was crucial. And on that on that time, I don't know where closer was, really. In that situation, you've got you've got Kallas who is just about six foot, is he? Still a big lump. Still a big lump. But he got caught he got caught underneath it. I don't know whether it was the wind or anything, but it was poor judgment, wasn't it? Really, but all all through set pieces.
0: Yeah, set pieces
2: no. as our, our Achilles heel. Our the annoying Achilles thing a... is, the annoying thing is, of course, that Pearson has said it's our Achilles heel, which I don't really like having a press conference <laughs> where your manager points out to every single this is Oracles Hill. Okay, well, what are we going to do about it? And then we go to You're the next game.
0: Leading obvious, and as a former defender with a former defender as his number two, and dare I say it, Mounting as set piece and goalkeeping coach. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a pretty piss poor show if you pardon my language on that. Um, Ian, the two goals. Um, you know, same old, same old. Set pieces, two goals, boom, boom. You know, 2-0 down as half-time approaches. There were some good movements, though, in that um, first half. And one in particular, it just showed what City can do. It was Alex Scott game wasted the ball in possession quite a few times. And on 13 minutes, it was Scott to Masengo, to Jay J- J- Silver. Sorry, Scott. To, that's right. Scott to Masendo, to De Silva. And then Semenyo, shot saved. You know, if that had gone in on 13 minutes, it, was a, it didn't. But that was a move and showed... City's form of late at its best, wasn't it? That was a flowing move through there, if you remember it.
1: Well, exactly what I said to you just now, Dave. When when we got the ball down and played football, look, I don't think we passed the ball that well today, but we had 61% possession.
0: Yeah, sorry, Ian, it was Mark's go. Mark's go. Oh,
1: sorry, I I thought you said Ian. I apologise.
0: No, my mistake if I did. Mark.
3: Yeah, I mean, we passed the ball around well generally, but I mean, our, some of our t- our touch was poor, uh, especially from Semenyo, Feynman and Martin looked a shadow of himself uh, com- compared to last week. You know, no no fulcrum there at all to work to work off Chris Martin. And just going back to the goals, I mean, the first one just gets played back to Luis Gabriel and he just tosses it to the back post where, where he aches his weight. And in the second one, Medine out jumps Kalas. I mean, he just wanted it more. He just jumped above him and completely out him. I mean, there is another option you could bring in, some like Robbie Cundy. And uh, he's a he's a bigger lad than uh, than the other defenders we've we've got. But somebody should be, you know, from those corners. This stupid zonal marking. They really need to man to man mark.
0: Well, that's tactics, uh, here, you know, ta- that, That's tactics, isn't it? That's the way to up. Yeah, it's just. Mark, let me ask you the question. I mean, yeah. Gary Medin, who is a player I think in the past has been linked with us, who would you sooner have in your side on a wet afternoon at Blackpool, Gary Medine or Chris Martin? Am I being harsh on Martin? Because, again, he has done well of late. But, you know, who would you sooner have? On a wet afternoon in black. Well, I mean, you
3: you, you know, you, you pick the own player that knows the conditions better because that's what they did. You know, it was a swirling wind, and they just managed it better. They, it was almost like a, a rugby game where they were kicking, they were kicking for, for territory, and they knew they could be effective effective from that territory. You know, put it high at the pitch, a bit like a Rotherham in effect. It, you know, it, it reminded me a bit of that game last year, and uh, you know, if if you fail to clear the ball, you're in. And you know you go for yeah you probably go for the home player somebody who knows who knows that I mean once it was like the Luton game we were fairly comfortable what once faced with a bit of physicality and an organised side they they blow us over and it's that's so disappointing but apart from that it was quite a close game and that's the ridiculous thing it was a it wasn't a free it wasn't really a free goal game
0: no just those key moments I know well again where we blew it yeah. Ian, I'll uh, come to you for the key moment. I mean, I was still having my half-time cup of tea, so I uh, I haven't seen it. The third goal, all I know is that it came three minutes after the break and then 3-0 down, 48 minutes, and it's blowing again and pouring with the uh, rain. I mean, how did you see that third goal, uh, Ian, avoidable? And should we have been on our mettle a bit more at the start of the <coughs> second half? Because Blackpool now had to push on, don't they?
1: what pathetic defending. We lost the ball up the field. Uh, Long diagonal right-footed ball out to the right wing. Great control. for I think it was from Douglas. Um, Campering, who's not a left centre-back and shouldn't play there. He should either play left-back or left-wing-back or be left-out. Ball goes over to him. The guy controls it. Campering shows him inside, right into the middle of the goal, about eight yards out. Steve Phillips dives out the way and Douglas puts it in uh, the opposite corner.
0: Yeah. I I think that reference to Steve Phillips is your... uh, uh, Yeah, uh, the the, the more... Flapper Flapper Max now then, yeah?
1: The more I see him, and I I watched the reserves in midweek, and the reserves played against uh, Cardiff, and we conceded two direct from corners, with Wiles Richardson, very windy, very similar conditions to today. One was a, a one whipped in left-footed to the near post, which burst straight through his hands into the net, and then one right-footed from the left flank flew over his head into the bottom into the uh, opposite top corner. Yeah, and yeah, well- he, both of them. I, I, I mean, I would, Bentley had COVID, so he couldn't play today. But I would have had, um, um, uh, Co- I would had uh, Bentley back in goal. And I, I'd have if he's Pearson said he's training. Monday, so I would have had. um, uh, You'd have had Bentley in today,
0: had he not been pulled out. Absolutely, I mean the
1: the goals we conceded. I mean, God, those those last. Well, let me just give you this stat a minute because we were talking about stats. This is Bristol City's last nine away games, right? And bear in mind, the last one we won was Peterborough on the second of October, twenty twenty-one.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Played nine, won none, drew two lost 7, four, ten 10 against 26 points, two out of 27 available. That's 7%. Oh, now, you, you can't go on doing that without making some changes, significant changes. It's no good, you know, oh, well, we played all right at Preston, so we do that, But but different day, different conditions, and you need to be able to adapt and react. But we know... I mean, we played well at Preston. Still conceded two goals.
0: Oh, yeah. And conceded at a crucial point of the game, which obviously... We exactly right. Last, we exactly
1: right. So, I mean, to be honest, we if we can have 61% possession, passing the ball like we did today, which I don't think was great, some, sometimes we play some nice passes. And, and I suppose if you put Bristol City's best bits all together, you'd get four or five minutes of reasonable passing moves. But yeah. there was there was only end product. I mean, the, the chance in the second half to get us back in the game that Scott had, I mean, mm. contrast that with their third goal because it was a, quite a similar situation. Player coming in onto his stronger foot, right? He's eight yards out, eight, ten yards out, and he, he scuffs it straight at the goalkeeper. That, that yeah. those, That's the difference in matches.
0: I know, you know, and in, and, in fairness, so you've got the youngster, Scott, and you've got to say we're blooding these youngsters. And yeah, in, yeah, um, yeah. And, to the and it's states, a first-team
1: first yeah. game, Dave. It's a first-team yeah. game,
0: yeah.
1: right? It's no yeah. good. We can't keep going on with all this. It's what I was saying about this yap, about, oh, we're blooding younger players. Do you honestly think Han-Noah Masengo is going to sign a new contract with us where we, where we are, where we are? Because I don't. I think we've got, I've got a, hope in, a hope in hell of that lad signing a new contract or holding on to any of our better players.
0: No, we know that. We know that. Okay. Yeah. Neil, let me come on to you. Um, second half, um, substitute, much like at Preston. Williams comes on for O'Dowda. My God, if he starts another game on Wednesday, I'll. Well, I. I just, I'm, I'm infuriated by him, but I did think he'd score today, hence me putting a fiver on, but that was a waste of money, wasn't it? Um, do you think questions are going to be asked about the manager? Because, you know, he is a defender. If we were scraping out or losing by the odd 1-0 one, one nil or something like that and still not playing great, but, you know, we're, we're a bit like a sieve at the moment, aren't we? That is a, remarkable fact that Ian said those last nine away games twenty six games that's that's almost three goals a game you know who is somebody gonna call him aside and sort of just say hey look what what's going on or is he gonna what why why and how long does this go on because we keep thinking oh we ain't got to worry about relegation but we've got to win five more games between now and the end of the season and if we play like this that's going to be a bit of a big ask. but Do you think questions should be asked in the house, Neil? (laughs) Can I just get back to
2: Ian's point? I think it was Bowler, wasn't it? Third goal?
0: Bowler. Josh Bowler, yeah. Josh Bowler, yeah.
2: Who did did make a big difference in the home game when he came on with uh, Lavery, I think. When the the two of them came on and uh, Bowler. I mean, just looking at that third goal, Dave, for me, it was equivalent of a full-back playing as a centre back because from from my learnings back in the day as a as a centre back you always show the player wide as much as possible. Some players, your Mo sellers going to be really really difficult, isn't it? You know, however much you try and get him off his left foot, he's going to be skillful. I didn't I thought he was weak by pring there. It was almost akin to when he plays left back. Obviously he's thinking when you're playing left back, you think, right, I'll show him inside. And then your left centre back steps in and you're going into a double team. But when you're one on one like that, as Ian says, you can't allow somebody to come into the middle. They've got the whole goal to aim at. You have to show them wide. So, yeah, it's. What can you say about our defending that hasn't already been said? We are awful. I mean,. I watched Peterborough, Sheffield United the other day, uh, who I think Peterborough are the only team with a worse defensive record than us in the division. Yeah. And they are truly awful. So putting us alongside them just shows how badly we are. Fortunately, we've hit a bit of a rain of, uh, vein of form up front and we've been able to score some goals and we've been able to actually get some results at home. Because if we hadn't got those results at home, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Oh, Which be would be in, might, be in, might, might mightily be. embarrassing given two clubs have had a massive points deduction and you're yep. talking about yep. a team like Barnsley that have only won two games all season and yep. a team like Peterborough who aren't that much better either. So to have us in that sort of uh, company is, is somewhat embarrassing.
0: Damning. I'll get you, Mark, I'll get you to talk about the one bright spot, the proverbial consolation goal on 86 minutes. Uh, Williams Cross Far side, Jada Silver kept his cool side, laid it into the path of Wells. Wells finished. He got a couple for the under-23s this week. Um, you know, I would say we deserve the goal, but, you know, Naki Wells came on with, well, I don't know, 17 minutes to go. I mean, that was all it was really, a consolation goal. But do you think Wells should start maybe on Wednesday against Reading?
3: Um. Yeah. Possibly. Um. Uh, I mean, who do you play him? I mean, it, it, do you take out? Do you take out Vyman and and play him there? I think he. I think the reason that he, he he isn't played is because of his overall. You know, his overall game. Uh, you know, perhaps he doesn't cover as much ground as the other players do. But we got no like for like for Martin. So Martin looks like a shoe in do, do you do play him? I don't think you take off Semenyo with with, with, his re, with his recent form. So he just. Do you just play him in instead of Viman? I, I I really don't know. But it was a good a good finish. What was was bad was we we didn't have take any momentum out of that at all. Uh, we didn't control the ball after that. You know, attacks broke down. We 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 looked quite poor. Really, we didn't look like we were going to get another goal. You're
0: absolutely you're absolutely right with that point because I thought you know we okay we had four minutes five minutes to go. Um, well no we had with the time added on there was fully about nine minutes of play left. And we gained nothing from the goal. I mean, Max was wandering around with the ball. The players didn't really show any appetite. It was ragged, yeah? And that's about players wanting it more. Now, Tins was saying, if that goal, uh, third goal, hadn't gone in, you know, and we'd have got a goal then, we're that much closer. Because, you know, other than that goal, Blackpool did nothing in the second half. But for them, the game was won. But you're absolutely right, Mark. We didn't up the ante at all did we in those in those closing stages you know no no, no pressure at all
3: no what I did look what I did like and um, I think we look more balance with uh, Williams in central midfield you know he passes the ball confidently take you know take he, he drives us as, as forward well whether he can play a whole game because I think Nigel Pearson seems to be wrapping him in, in cotton wool but really i don't want to have another game of dowder he's just too too weak on the left hand side both uh, going forward and and uh, and tracking back and we need we need it we need another option there really so uh, i yeah i'd start i start with williams uh, on uh, on wednesday against Red definitely and yeah. I think that gives you, you know, you've got a, a solid player like Williams and that, that frees up uh, Scott to play further forward and allows Masengo to get into those pockets of space as well and look and look good. So um, yeah, let's attack Redding on. So uh, who does on...
0: Williams come? Who does Williams come in for then? He starts ahead of O'Dowda then, yeah. Yeah, he starts ahead of O'Dowda.
3: You can play then. You could play the Silva on the left hand side, and and uh, you could play Viman on on uh, on the right on the right flank. I don't yeah. think there's any, yeah. any problem no, with would, that at I all. I
0: disagree with that, Ian. You said at the top of the podcast, the opening moments. You know, enough is enough with Nigel. I mean. He ain't going anywhere. And look, you can look at it like this now. We, he's been in charge for 45 games. That's a season, right? And that's giving him the middlesbrough mm-hmm. match. And if you look at the 15 games he had last season, which was three wins, three draws, nine defeats, that was a 25% win rate, right? He's had 30 games this season, nine wins, seven draws, 14 defeats. That's a 30%. Win rate. So if you've increased from 25% win rate to 30, it's not a 5% increase, you're doing 20% better in two thirds of a complete season than you did when you first got here. You know, um, I think you're in a minority saying he should go now, but at what point does he take some ownership? Because he does seem to shrug his shoulders as though it's not his responsibility and arguably it isn't. And when you look at those stats, if you aggregate it together, it's 46 points. And even if he wins against Reading, that's 49. That's just about relegation form in a whole year. He's been afforded a lot of time that in this world of football today, he wouldn't get that anywhere else, would he?
1: No, he wouldn't. And I, I think what you're saying is nonsense. Um, he he was in charge he was in charge in the summer he decided to sign the players he decided and one of the big one of the reasons we've got massive problems is because of this seven, his seven signings so four signings three re-signings only one has worked and that's Weimar. the rest have turned out to be poor signings some have turned out to be dreadful signings And it was hardly unpredictable that Nathan Baker would get injury problems. Mm. I don't think Atkinson and Tanner are strong enough to play championship football week in, week out. Um, And and they'll need to develop. But they've been, it's not different players being injured and being out. It's the same players being injured all over again so that uh, with the same injuries as well Ian
0: as you pointed out earlier wasn't it on Twitter this week it's the same players with the same injuries
1: yeah same players and then somebody said oh well you know you've got to look at the the success stories that have done rehab well that's what the job is isn't it it's like it's like somebody going to hospital and say you do realise that 90% of the people that come in here go out better yeah yeah how about the other 10 then oh no no they die Right, fabulous, yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's okay unless you're one of the 10% or your mum and dad's one of the 10%, isn't it? You know, yeah. so I get a bit tired with with that kind of happy-clappy uh, we are where we are, let's look at it. You know, we got the summer wrong. You've got to say that now because look at the players he signed in the summer. Simpson, played for the under-23s. under, uh, under 23s. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen him in ages. Can't even get on the, bit, on the pitch. Baker, out for the season. Um... Atkinson, this is his third or fourth injury. out for another three weeks at least. Yeah. James, same injury. I don't know how many games he's played this season, mm. but it's not mm. a huge about number. About a dozen.
0: Yeah, fifteen. King, out King for the season.
1: Out for the season. Two hamstring operations. Yeah. Right. Now, Vymund, no problem with that. Eight out of ten signing. No problem with that. Good idea.
0: But that's so that not a very good out. ratio. That's not a very good ratio, and you could say no, it's not. Maybe, it's, it's he not, not the, another... maybe he did the right thing. Maybe he did the right thing. You know, where we'd say the January transfer window, for all its inactivity, it was a, a decent window because we hung on to our players, but we've only hung on to them. Yeah, probably but Dave, until you know another. the the
1: object the object of the exercise is to improve. Yeah. And when I see us turn up with a game like that, they're okay. We might go out and we might beat Redding at Ashton Gate. Now, is it next Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's how interested I am. I didn't even know what day it was. And I could have done, like...
0: My card ago, defense, I can't
1: have yeah. done ten, I could I could have done 10 games in advance years ago, omen away. But honestly, I, I look at it now, well, yeah, see, so you got a game, right, okay. And I'd, I'm looking at a problem... A great man once said, "You never cure the problem with the thinking that created it." And that's how I'm looking at Pearson now. If he and uh, his his mate Fleming Fleming would have been yeah. able to to sort the problem out, they would have done it. They're not deliberately turning the side out to do this. Um, and um, unfortunately, we've got uh, we've got a massive problem, and. I don't. I don't think that they've got the necessary skills to put it right. Are you that, that, say, that's, Let me, that's where let me bring,
0: stand. Yeah. Okay. Let me. Bring, let me. Improve from deal.
1: Dave. Improve yeah. just quickly at the end. improving from where we were last season. You know, that's like hospital that kills fifty percent of its patients, uh, only killing uh, not uh, killing forty five or forty the next season. It's not good enough. It's a low bar. If we can't improve from that, God, Pearson said himself, if the season had gone on a month longer, we'd have got relegated. Oh, we would. And no the injuries that. are doing, injuries are doing us again. And it's all right saying, well, I'm going to have a smaller squad. We've got to get rid of all these people. Right? Fantastic. If you have a smaller squad, you've got to keep more people fit. And, and that's, and that's the, the, the honest, that's the only way you can look at it. Because Pearson said after the game, well, you Know everybody you play today is going to be involved on on Wednesday night, right? Yeah. Okay, then. Well, that gives yeah. us something to look forward to, then, doesn't it? How about, yeah, you know, if you want to play three at the back, give Kundi a try, stick him in the I middle,
0: move closer, closer
1: to the left, closer to the left, and Calas to the right. If you want to play with wing yeah. backs, put Camper in left wing back, go on with Jay at right wing back, but for Christ's sake, yeah. don't let him get exposed from crosses, stick Williams in the midfield, go 3 five, 2. What, yeah. why, why not do something, for
0: Christ's
1: sake, do something different. Yeah, it's all right doing else. the same thing over and over again. If you're winning, great. Yeah. I don't care what Neil. formation we play. We could play six, six seven defenders. But
0: if you win Ian, games 4-0, get a, on with let it. Let me, view, let me Neil. Um, yeah. you know, we, we is we. You Neil, you could argue that the little flurry of home form and it's come at the expense of our away form, which has been our strength for three years, just literally falling off a cliff. But, you know, with, with the home form you've, we've had and the slight, dare I say it, change in playing style, which has coincided with more goals going in the wrong end, but actually a few decent ones going in the right mm. end. That that's the first evidence of a managerial bounce and some sort of pattern since Pearson's been here, um, is it easy for him to just continue to wash his hands and say, "Well, look, I inherited a shitstorm of chaos. Yes, so he's got another season. The balance of this season, you know, he's still got to get out of jail, Carl. Because it's not his—it's not his problem." notwithstanding that Ian has just said that six out of the seven players are all crocked. You could just say that's bad luck, but it seems a bit coincidental. But he's got when, he's got this season and the testing time for Pearson is if we're having this conversation and in the middle of September, because he ain't going to be going anywhere, I don't think, and you probably agree with me on that.
2: No, I, d- I don't disagree with you on that. Um, there's no point not investing in Nigel Pearson at the moment. Really, what what is actually going to what's a change of manager going to achieve? Now, it's a risk, isn't it? Yeah. it's a massive risk, just like any managerial appearance. But doing it in February with no opportunity that's that's what happened last year, isn't it? That's what yeah. we did last season. And you know, yeah. um, there are some <sighs> defensively we we've, we've been poor all season. I think we can all agree on that. I, I found it a little bit bizarre, given that our uh, full-backs has been our problem for probably 18 months now, if not longer, that we didn't try and get some loans in. You know, I, I can't imagine for the life of me that there aren't some younger players just to give us some extra options at the back. Because the only option we're talking about now... Is bringing in Kundi who, okay, he's <laughs> right. Is that our sole option? And for the life of me, I think that is pretty much our sole option, isn't it? it
0: is and, well,
2: yeah. other than other than Viner coming back in, and Viner's not going to improve us from set pieces, and not going to improve us defensively, you know. Um, so i I don't quite understand the rationale on that. I understand not strengthening bringing players in on, you know, new contracts, signing players, because there are so many players and we've done it on the forums, haven't we? There are so many players that are coming into their last 12 months this summer and moving forward. There'll probably be a separate show on that at a later stage. Absolutely. But but really, if ever there was a team in a division that needed really to reshuffle a little bit, it was us defensively, I think. I don't see Jay on the right. I'm sorry, but he's predominantly left-footed, 95% left-footed. And the Bulls, if you've played on the left your entire career, you're used to dealing with balls coming in from, the, um, from our right side, their left side. Yeah. When, when you are suddenly switched onto the other side and it's not your natural side, you just see him in games. He's not comfortable there. He's no. not comfortable there, and you know what other options have we got though, David? What we other options? No, we, we've no, we've, no, given, no. we've given ourselves we've given ourselves a mountain, haven't we? I well, can't we have, for the life. Of
0: and he's and, got and, he's got his fixated way of doing things because yeah. you know, he he has this aura about him, as Ian said a moment ago. He has this aura about him of you know yeah, well it's not my problem, and you know, and when you're winning. You know, that style, and we said it the other week, you know, he's got that swagger back. We're seeing a bit of the real Nigel Pearson. Pearson. But, you know, he is very fixed in his ways, you know. Now, we could go and beat Reading 4-0 on Wednesday night and then Mm. it's happy days again. And this is where this roller coaster of going up and down, um, you know, as I say, every broadcast we've been doing pretty much since we started, Back in June 2020, being so much like ground old day with some of the stuff that we've been describing. But uh, look, it is, it is. let's start looking forward. What? Mark, I mean, it's t- t- the next game is on the 9th of February. It's the first of five games in 19 days. It's coming thick and fast. Reading home, Swansea away, Borough home, the Ashton Gate eight. We'll talk about that in a moment. Coventry away, I didn't, uh, Coventry at home as well. I didn't realize we had that. And Forest away. Um, I've gone three points, nil points against Swansea away. One point home to Borough. They're looking good under Chris Wilder. Three points at home against Coventry. Nothing against Forest away. That's going to put us on 41 points with 11 games left. You know, am, am I being optimistic or pessimistic with that seven-point haul from the next five games? What do you think?
3: Um, not based on it, on form at the moment. And we haven't won two games in a row all season. So I think the big problem is we, it, we looked like we were building some momentum. We showed good signs against Luton. Um, definitely better things against Preston. Played really good football. But we've gone up the mountain, down the other side again, haven't we? T- today, it's, it's just... You know the same the same old story with City and teams. You know the t- teams will just. Keep hitting us that way, you know. Try and win, get set pieces, win free kicks in our half, and just toss the ball into the area to a big man at the back post and watch us. Watch us will unless we do something between now and the end of the season. It looks like we're going to have to score three goals a game to win games. We'll, we'll just concede God. lots and lots more goals. I mean,
0: yeah
3: we're averaging one point eight goals conceded a game at the moment. Fifty-four goals conceded in thirty, and it's mm-hmm. it's awful, isn't it? Oh, cool.
0: good. So those next five games coming up, what's your predicted points total on that, would you say?
3: Uh, so we've got um, Reading, Reading home,
0: Reds, home, Reds,
3: Reds, three play. points, Swansea, I think we get a point. So that's four. Yeah. Coventry, Borough. I mean... <laughs> We could take we could take seven or eight no, points I just one you know, way or another. You know what? Do you, what all right. Do let's say doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick me. i Let's just say. Well, I think we'll take we'll take eight points. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be positive because I'm gonna hope that we sort this defensive problem out. I really right. do hope, but it's only hope that we got because it we're not showing it on the
0: pitch. Well, no open bobo. Uh, Ian, the next five games. You know, we're <laughs> then into what eleven left after that. Before you know, it. the season's gonna be over. And yet again. Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, Those five games coming up intensive, 19 days, um, just to cram them all in. How do you, what do you think we'll get? What's your prediction for those, those five?
1: Well, I did a prediction a couple of months ago. um, And I predicted for the January and February fixtures, Uh, I predicted that we'd get uh, 10 points Mm -hmm. from 27. And up to and including the Preston game, uh, I was absolutely spot on because Fulham, Cardiff, Luton, Preston, I thought we, I predicted we'd pick up four points. Um, And we did. Unfortunately, I had us down for a win at Blackpool. Um, So we're now minus three on that. And I've only got us picking up three more points from the next four games. So, Reading draw, Swansea defeat, Borough draw, uh, Forest draw. And I think that's... You've gone optimistic. Coventry as
0: I did. is Coventry in between. Coventry at home is straight after Borough. I didn't realise that. It's a Tuesday night game, actually.
1: Ah, right. Okay. Was that when we had to rearrange?
0: Um, mm, don't know, actually. Anyway, it's, it's on the well, 22nd
1: Cov- Coventry at home, um, I'll go for a... Uh, a draw there, so yeah. um, that would mean that how many points we got now? We got thirty four, aren't we? Thirty four, yeah. Um, I thirty four. So I'm saying at the next one, two, three, four, five games, I can only see us picking up four points. So we'd have thirty nine points.
0: points. Yeah, thirty nine points with eleven games left. So we'd have to be uh, averaging uh, a point. We have, we'd
1: have if, if it's if it's four. That that's yeah. thirty eight points, isn't it?
0: Yeah, if it's four from the next five, it's thirty eight points. So that would leave us, you know, as you say, Leaving twelve to get
1: to fifty. Yeah. Now, now the good yeah. news is, looking at the bottom of the table and the form those teams are in, I okay. think forty four, as low as forty four, could be safe. I won't bank yeah. on it, but I think as low yeah. as forty four, being realistic, is safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, but well, I think Derby have gone. A, there. I think a, there's, too, there's too much for Derby. There's well,
1: it's a. It's a we're, it, it, we're just in. The, the thing for me is we haven't said, okay, look, we can't defend and we're hopeless away. So let's go 4 5 1 and try and stop teams crossing the ball yeah. <laughs> and, and get a, get the odd goal on the break. It.
0: it is, and who's you, know, you won? Who's less, you won in that then, Ian? Who's you won in that? Well, it, it could
1: be. It could could be Chris Martin. It could be Antoine. Although in a four or five one, I'd play Antoine wide.
0: You need um, the pace. I mean, Martin looks knackered most games. Yeah. He. How many matches? Yeah, you, has, you need. How many matches is you, Chris Martin going to start in the next nineteen days? Because realistically, well, all, you know, that's all, a game every three days. All, you know, it,
1: all of them because we haven't got a replacement. Playing.
0: Well, we, have, yeah, we can all, change the start. It, You've just said four-five-one with Semenyo playing yeah. up front. So let's make ourselves more solid, surely.
1: Yeah, you could. Well, that's one alternative. You could play three-five-two with a narrow three, which allows you to play um, Scott, Masengo, and um, uh, Williams. All right, assuming yeah. that those three, all right, and then your two up front could be Vyman and Semenyo. You don't need to play this 3-4-1-2. I mean, I must admit, yeah. when it works, it looks really good. But...
0: <laughs> when it
1: works. Um, when I, it works. I, I, You know, I, I just I just think I, I'm not seeing... Um, the Preston game, oh, yeah, I'm really pleased with that. But you've still got people who say, oh, yeah, we played well. Maseko was brilliant. The Preston fans were raving about it. Yeah, so they were. But we still only drew. And we're still back to our... If we'd have 11 more points if goals weren't allowed past 90 minutes, I mean, we'd also lose a few uh, because of Wales' ball yeah, at QPR. Yeah, but, but we keep doing it. And yeah. and I, I don't see the manager doing anything different. I appreciate he hasn't got many players to pick from. Um, I was impressed with uh, a couple of the, the younger players. They've actually got a young left-sided uh, centre-back in the reserves whose name escaped me for the moment. Is something yeah. like... Ijana, but I thought he looked a, a decent player. And Dylan Kaji yeah. in um, in central midfield is like back in some with a tackle, so yeah. he looked a good player. But I mean, whether they can do,
0: they're not going to or... try. If he doesn't give a run out to dare I say it, Robbie Cundy, who had half a season at Gillingham, a kid who's just broken into the under twenty threes, or even another kid from Guernsey, he's not the sort of manager to try. Any more well, than is, what he's already done is far as upon
1: him. Dave Dave, as far as I'm concerned, and I've I've played and coached a lot of football, I I don't think you can score any less than none and do any worse than lose.
0: Yeah. Right? All right. So yeah
1: if, if you try the three, if you want to play three at the back, because I don't think together, I don't think Closer and Kalas and would be quite good enough in a two, I might be wrong. You, you, mm. if you want to play three at the back bring in Cundy, stick him in the middle right. and if someone's someone's got a big man and if you if you want to be even more defensive when you go away you play Viner as your, your right wing back or your right back
0: yeah no you could you could let me ask so, uh, Neil yeah. let me just go on to the looking at the um, the next the next five Neil I mean you know, it's. I mean, if we lose to Reading, we're back into looking over our shoulders. As Alan Payne's just said on the text. He said, "Sounds like the panel have gone into panic mode." Tonight. We haven't gone into panic mode. I don't think we're just depressed that we went into this game with a bit of optimism. But the next five in 19 days, um, Neil, that's that's intensive action, isn't it? Really,
2: it is. I think. Um... I agree with Alan, (laughs) the point he's made. I think we are yo-yoing in our performances at the moment. Um, The podcast you did with Rob Newman the other day was very interesting, David, in relation to expectations and where everyone's expectations are for us as a club at the moment. We can look at the players and the way that they are performing, but what does everybody hope for this club at the moment? the one hope is that we stay up, isn't it? And li- yeah. listening back on Rod Newman's thing the other day, 1982, when we were filled in a load of youngsters and a load of players that wouldn't even normally have been in our first 11. And yet, we got behind them all. Yeah. And really, the players that we're putting on the pitch at the moment, some of them probably wouldn't be playing normally. We spoke at the start, obviously, of a, of a couple of them, but... We haven't got too many options at the moment, are we? Financially, we're not not going to go bankrupt like 1982, but because of the situation, we haven't got too many options. So I think we need to be mindful of the fact that for every good performance, there's going to be a bad performance, and we're just going to be yo-yoing around. And yes, it is depressing, and yes, I have to take two children with me to football, was uh, both season tick holders with me in a Dolman. And the last few years, not least, obviously, last season we couldn't go, but even the season before then, it was depressing stuff. Mm. And you do hope that there will be an upturn at at some stage. Well,
0: just to boost season tickets, wouldn't it? You'd, You'd hope that in the last four or five home matches that we saw a continuation of what we thought was happening Until today, and until probably the ninety-third minute at Preston, because if we'd have lost, if we'd have got the three points at Western, our performance, Preston, our performance deserved, and then we'd lost today, it would have, it still would have left a nasty taste. The way we lost today with an inept performance, but you'd have looked at the two away games and you'd thought, yeah, that's not bad. Three points better than two draws. Yeah.
2: Well, well, I think. Yeah, go on, David. Sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say, so, you know, as you say, it's up and down yo-yo, but season tickets next season, as Ian's already said, he's – I'm sure he will get a season ticket because, you yeah, know, he's like me, he's, we're gluttons for punishment. But, you know, <laughs> you've got two kids to take to, to, to football. And, you know, are they getting to a stage where they're thinking, well, do do we have to go, Dad? Or do you sort of say, well, look, I'll get, I'll get two season tickets and then if – you go with one son because one doesn't want to go, or they both want to go, then you, you dip out sort of thing. I mean, are you questioning, if this yo-yo continues, are you questioning whether you'll get a season ticket next season or three season tickets, one adult and two juveniles, or two adults
2: now if they're over 16? Dealing with mine, no, I'll be there. Yeah. Dealing with my 16-year-old, he's now playing football, on uh, seniors as well as juniors, and he's playing on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. And yeah. and the other one, the 12-year-old, isn't engaging at all at the moment with the football. We've been going for three years, and he's fed up. Yeah. So I think I would probably end up getting the membership cards rather than season tickets, because the, 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 the club do a daft thing, don't they? They have an under-19 and then an under-12 with with nothing in between so when he turned 12 I have to get him an under 19 season card which seems absolutely ridiculous to me but there we go um no I I'm I'm gonna stay positive and yeah. I'm gonna say that we are still a team in progression I I take on board everything that Ian says and Mark says and I'm not Saying that i disagree with it I just think it's about expectations for me at
0: the yeah. moment and it's very and, it's very very low and look the thing is we're not anywhere near the low ebb that we were that
2: 2000 we we're very last season god we were fortunate to stay up weren't we yeah and arguably arguably this season we're very fortunate to stay up because two clubs have had massive points deductions yeah. and the other, and two clubs, Barnsley and Peterborough have absolutely dreadful form and have won about four games, four or five games between them all season. Yeah. So we found ourselves over two seasons being incredibly fortunate that our poor performances on the pitch haven't realised in us playing in League One, which quite frankly is probably what we deserve given yeah. our performances yeah. over the last year. And if I mean, if, even if I go back to the, season that was last relegation season off the top of my head wasn't it
0: Sean O'Driscoll's yeah yeah
2: 2012-13 that's it I think I think we finished bottom on 45 points didn't we
0: well we got two points in the last nine matches I think it was yeah yeah I think we finished I think we finished
2: bottom by on 45 points well I agree with it was that in
0: 2013 Ian
3: yeah Sorry, Neil.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so we, if, lost 27, we, 40- we lost twenty seven
3: we lost twenty seven games that season. I think it's, that's our record number of losses in the season.
2: But if we have forty five points in
0: we Mark, finished bottom uh,
2: with forty five points, I think. Yeah. Anyway, someone will check in the background. But I agree with Ian, I think forty five points keeps us outside the bomb three, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: So we ain't got a lot to do. Right, let's uh, let's change this. Uh, Mark, uh, you, you're next to speak, and let's change it. Let's try and lighten the mood a bit. Because uh, uh, 40 years ago, today was the first game of BCFC 1982 Limited, and they played a match against uh, Fulham. It was in the immediate aftermath of the uh, Ashton Gate 8 when they had uh, torn up their contracts. Mark, you wanted to say a few uh, words on that uh, because you did quite a lot of work for the Supporters Club and Trust that when it was the 25th anniversary. Um, what uh, what do you want to say about the Ashton Gate 8? This is your little piece that you wanted to say that you asked me for when we were talking earlier today. Over to you.
3: Yeah, thanks, David. Um, in 2007, the then Supporters Trust uh, commemorated the 25th what was then the 25th anniversary of the Ashton Gate 8 with a special dinner that was held on Friday the 4th of February uh, attended by all the all the players uh, and 200 and 200 uh, 200 fans had a very good uh, had a very good meal and uh, and um, there were lots of uh, lots of uh, speeches made by the players I remember Ian was there because we were sat on the same table so that was a that was a very good night. To coincide with that, the trust uh, compiled what was a thirty-eight page booklet that was in, that was called "82: The Year City Nearly Died." Now, we put that together in seven weeks. It was a real labour of love, and I was lucky enough to interview all the all the all the players, Roy Hodgson, who was the manager. But what struck me really, and I think we all appreciate the sacrifice that was made by the players that kept Bristol City in existence. But in equal measure, uh, I think we should also remember the work of the late Ken Sage and Darren Collar, who put the rescue package together. And I was, I interviewed um, uh, Darren in the old Shakespeare pub on, on Victoria Street, even drove me home, even though we lived at opposite ends of Bristol. <laughs> and he was absolutely fantastic. And if I just read... Um, just a column from the two-page interview that he did, Uh, if that's okay. It's a couple of of paragraphs. Uh, How much stress were you under? I nearly lost my house and my job. My marriage came close to finishing. I was doing 18-hour days at City, as was Ken. We finished one particular board meeting at half past four in the morning, and I came home my wife said to me, Where have you been? And I said at a board meeting and she said, nobody works until half past four in the morning. And she thought I was out with some floozy somewhere. This was during the crisis, which went on for months. BCFC 1982 started in February. But then we had to deal with the Ashton Gate 8, the football league and acquired a ground for a share issue. We closed the share issue out because we heard rumours that Osborne Clark, those listeners, were about to buy the, the... by the million pounds worth of shares on offer. We also heard a rumor that the old Bristol Stadium company, the Greyhound people, wanted to develop their their site at Eastville, now an Ikea store. And we're also looking at Ashton Gate and through the share issue would acquire the ground and make Bristol City a tenant. So we had to close the share issue early. And the only way we could do that was to put in another 25,000 pound each before Osborne Clark got their mitts on it. David, um, I, Russell, think to interrupt,
0: Mark, I think you mean Clark Osborne, who, because Osborne Clark are the solicitors. Clark Osborne was one of the directors of Bristol Stadium Company back in the 80s. So easy mistake to make, but if he quoted it like that, I stand corrected, right? But the solicitors wouldn't have been buying it. Clark Osborne was, I think, the chairman or something of Bristol Stadium Company but you carry on
3: yeah then you said David Russell put in 15,000 he didn't want to sit on the board or anything he just said I'll do it Bob Boyd put some money in also Bob Marshall John Ponton and Des Williams the amount of times that we had board meetings where we needed to pay a bill of just 600 pounds so the directors were put in 75,000 pounds 75 pounds sorry or so <laughs> each in the pot to pay that bill and that happened more times than I care to remember it doesn't seem like much now, but it was a lot of money in those days. My total commitment into Bristol City for the first six months was over £70,000, which was all I ever had in the world. And I kept it from my wife because she would have gone absolutely ape if she had known. She did find out subsequently and went absolutely ape. And he finishes, and I asked him, Were the friends of Bristol City uh, involved as well? And he said, Yes, with John Southern and Anna Williams, they collected around £4,000 after writing to all the secretaries of local football clubs, and that made an enormous difference. A lot of people rallied around in very, very small ways, but those small ways made a big impact. You've got to put in mind that if you go home at night, open the fridge, and there's nothing to eat, unless someone comes round and gives you a bowl of cornflakes or someone brings you an egg and a piece of bacon, you can't have breakfast in the morning, and that's how it was. So I think that just encapsulates that's very. City
0: good, had you nothing. Yeah, you know, it was between that, read that because yeah, you, thank know, you. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I do wonder if uh, the dinner that's taking place on the 18th, which is a little bit of a closed shop affair. I think it should be open such that three or four hundred or three hundred at least Bristol City fans could go and pay their respects and almost make some sort of uh, donation uh to the ashton gate eight, eight because they're in their 70s now yeah and just something but you know it, darren collar and those guys that put money in because 70 grand 40 years ago that's i would say 400 grand in today's money and football wasn't as financially the numbers were a lot lot smaller than anyway so you know that was a big amount to put in and you know, the, when people talk about the directors of Bristol City held the players to ransom, you know, who, it, it's, it's interesting. I watched the BBC documentary that was on Points West in 1982, and there were the directors that had um, were shown in all the shots. But you know, were the people like Darren and that? Do they get the recognition that they deserve for pushing the club and keeping it going? because i think i've heard in some quarters that you know they were put in pressure on the players so were the players not very favourable towards people like derren i don't know but should derren and if anybody of those because i think uh, some of some others of them sadly have passed away but uh, i mean ian what's what's your recollection of the the attitude towards the new directors that came in because they probably be, were they the ones that were saying to the players, look, you got to do it otherwise we're bust? Or, you know, when you see Archie Gooch in that documentary, well, I've only been chairman a year, and la 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 la. I mean, who, somebody like Darren Collar should be revered along with the players, should he not? What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, without those guys, it's true to say that, that it wouldn't have been a case of, you need to tear up your contract so the club would go on. The club would have just gone, yeah, and that would have been the end of it. And anybody that thinks, um, that if City went bust, everybody would have trooped over and followed the Rovers knows absolutely nothing about Bristol football. So, for me, um, it we were, apart from Accrington Stanley, who, who I think went out of business, uh, we were one of the first ones before it became fashionable. To um, go bust and, and rise from the ashes, and we did rise from the ashes. I mean, I can remember being down there uh, the last game of the season when we went down to Division Four, and there was about four, four or five I can thousand tell you, I've
0: tops. Got, I've got the, uh, I've got the uh, thing here. We finished twenty third, and it was at home against Donc- away at Doncaster. Sorry. And it was four thousand two hundred. But sorry, the last home game that year went down fifteenth of May, which is quite late. We finished twenty third. They were twenty fourth. Chester, Ricky Chandler, goal, and there was four thousand yeah. four hundred and seventy five people there. 4,475. Yeah. So, so if you look at,
1: if you compare and contrast that to now, then you would say that over the period of time moving forward, um, the, the club's a lot better off than it was, and a lot of that to do is to do with the investment. That Steve Lansdowne's put in. So we've got, And um, bearing in mind, we didn't have a Lansdowne figure then. It was lots of what you could call small businessmen, people that ran SMEs. But, you know, if, if you look at what he's done with the stadium and with the training ground, uh, where we're hoping, we're hoping to turn into a high performance center, I personally doubt it, um, that you've got the infrastructure now to move forward. unfortunately, mm. Steve's got himself to a position where, I mean, looking at the ownership structure, Steve owes, owes Steve thick end of hundred million. Yeah. Um, so I, I think on the um, commercial side, um, then we've come a long way, and commercially we've got the stadium. Ticket sales are a lot better. We've got things like Robin's TV and things like that, which is all good. But we've got this, this problem that we've got ourselves in a lot of debt and it's not a question of oh we'll ask Steve to write a check and it'll bail us out because that's not gonna happen. work
0: like that, does it? Doesn't work like that. No.
1: So so I, I think I understand all the problems the club's got, but lots of clubs uh, who haven't announced their accounts have got very, very similar problems. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see um, if the EFL does do something about financial fair play, because don't forget all the clubs voted not to have a salary cap. Yeah. And they're now saying, well, we don't like financial fair play. Well, okay then, come up with something you do like and let's all yeah. vote for that, but let's stick to it. Because well, it, either that or you say, look, yeah, okay, fair enough. It, it's, it's a free-for-all. Anybody can yeah. put in what they want, spend what you like. Well, and then we, we be end up in a situation it, it where... Clubs yeah. clubs go bust, change hands, uh you get situations like Berry. Uh, so it, it really I haven't seen anything
0: yeah.
1: it, it written down or any articles about anything apart from some kind of salary cap, but maybe by another name. Yeah. Um that that we can move to from where yeah. we are. And then we've got this situation. I mean, our club, the only way for our club to become debt-free and sustainable, is to get in the Premier League. And I think we're further away from that than any time since we got promoted under Steve Cottrell.
0: Yeah, I think I hundred percent agree with you, uh, N- Neil. You've been patiently listening in the background because you're a little bit younger than we are. Is this a bit? Oh, <laughs> that's
2: Fred. That's Fred. That's very kind of you. It's
0: it's not a, bad, uh, uh, I was I was I was <laughs> nine. I was nine, nine, nine in
2: 1982. But so anyway, were, yeah. You know,
0: is that and uh, do you have any recollections of of what was going on at the time?
2: Well, I remember the first game, my first game, Joe Royals' debut that we've spoken about before, the four goals. And then when you're <laughs> young, you think this will go on forever, don't you?
0: <laughs> <Not when laughs> and, this, this,
2: and this this is the way it is. And you think, right, great. And then, of course, you know, there's a downward cycle. And then it was – I didn't get the feeling when, when we were dropping down and we had that season um, our, in Division 4 and then Terry Cooper came in and, you know, we started to rise up again. And, I mean, this is the longest time we've actually been – in the championship for a significant period of time, yeah, isn't no, it really? Right.
0: You're absolutely right. I mean, it's interesting where, where we here, are now. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the history book for Bristol city, 1981, 82 season. I'm looking at the first of May, right? And there were one, two, six games to go, six games to go. And it, I didn't realize this. It says carnival atmosphere at Ashton gate is three days after the announcement that the future of the club had been secured, City achieved their first win in 13 games. City, under caretaker boss Jerry Sharp, benefit with both Williams and now sadly departed John Economou, scoring their first goals for the club. And Jerry Sharp, although he didn't get the job because obviously Terry came in in the summer, Jerry was in charge of one, two, three, four, five, six matches. And of those six, he won one, two, three, Drew two and lost one. That's the sort of end to the season that we want. Yeah, would you agree with this, Mark? The sort of end of the season that we want, where we get a little bit of form. Yeah, and it gives us hope going into next season. Would you? Would you say that's the best we can hope for this year?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't go down, but um, we've said this before. We've lowered our expectations so much now. We're just hoping. I think it's like you know. It's like when you get enamored and you're just waiting for the final whistle to go. We just want it, the shit the show to be over. Um, and just get just get some good results. I think we still need we still need forty forty five points. When we got relegated, just going back to Neil's point, we actually got relegated on forty one points in the 12-13 season. Ah, we were forty one. Yeah. We were fourteen points from safety. Fourteen oh, points. Barnsley survived boom. on fifty five. We, <laughs> we went down with Peterborough. We went down with Peterborough and Wolves. We conceded. We scored yeah. fifty nine. We had uh, yeah. conceded eighty four.
0: Uh, oh that's oh, uh, things we're, we're aren't all... gonna be that bad, are they? We got no, no, twenty six goals, twenty the rate we're conceding, we could concede in the eighties oh, yeah. this season, couldn't we? Unless we sort it out. Ian, final word from you before we uh wrap <laughs> up. I mean when you look at that side that uh, took the field against Fulham in that season, I'm guessing you were there. Moller, Stevens, Hay, Rob Newman, his debut. I think that's uh, Williams, uh, the fullback Alan Nichols, Russell Musker, Wayne Bray, Ricky Chandler, Mick Harford, John Economou, and I think the sub was a guy called Smith. I think it was might have been David Smith. But any recollections from you Ian of that day against Fulham, which it took another three months, as I've just said, before everything was cut and dried. But did you breathe a sigh of relief when you saw them walk out when the previous Saturday it could have been the last game?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, everybody did, did, Dave. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it was we we lived in a different world then, and I don't think fans were genuinely as aware of the financial situation. I know I wasn't, uh, as they would be now, as they're older, of run businesses and God knows what. Yeah. So it, it wasn't, if you like, the financial dealings of the club um, were. In the public domain. Although it was reported afterwards, it you know when the club were short of money, Bobby 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 Outen was up at Park Street spending a thousand pounds then on meals.
0: Yeah, well, I saw people. him. He was sat in. It was just before he left. In fact, Bobby Houghton. I was in the Dragon Dragonara yeah. eating a very nice meal so, myself, and he was in there. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah. at the end of
1: the day, Dave, that 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 is, that is some of the side stuff that was going on that people don't um, that, that people don't remember, and perhaps yeah. we shouldn't. But um, no, no. I mean, we we please God we don't get there again. I don't think for one minute. I don't that Steve will. Steve lands down would allow that to happen uh, because he's, yeah. let's be honest, he's the only bloke that could stop it because if he said tomorrow, right, I'm just going to write this money off, I've had enough. Um, yeah. so you're That would right. be it. The club would be, club would be over. But I, I don't see that happening. Uh, to quote, coin a phrase, we are where we are. And, and we've got to do something about. It. There aren't that many people out of contract in the summer. That's the big problem.
0: This it's summer, the no, it's the option thing, isn't it? Yeah, is that right? Well, well
1: it's tw- yeah, and, and I mean, if you look at it with his option that the club holds, not him, Callum O'Dowd is under contract until twenty twenty four.
0: Jesus God,
1: that's God. if the that's if the that's if the club exercised the option. His contract finishes yeah. in twenty twenty three, but he's got a one year option. I'm just. I'm not picking on Callum. That that's just an ex- an example. But the God people that will be out of contract 20- <laughs> 2023, the people out of contract are going to be um, Masengo, Calas, Jada Silva. So there's a lot to think about. And please, yeah. we don't let the the better players just walk. You know, as I've said many no. times, I like I like though, I think that we're we're all the kid. But if he ain't going to sign a new contract, we got sell him.
3: When did his contract run out, Ian?
1: Twenty twenty-three. Yeah, Mark. There's there's no option.
0: Yeah, Mark. I want to ask you a final thing. You read it out to me because when you did that piece, and uh, everybody thinks Roy Hodgson's a lovely bloke, which he is, but you asked him for uh, a quote for the uh, Ashton Gate eight for the piece that you did and just remind me what he said well he didn't
3: he (laughs) did he didn't yeah we didn't use this actually but i i I did mention um i don't know if you're listening Roy. i i just recalled it we didn't use it i just asked i because i'd interviewed jerry sharp um i asked him if he wanted to you know say you know just say a word for jerry because i was going back to jerry and uh and he said that him and um, Bob Houghton didn't trust him, so they didn't get on. So, uh, yeah, yeah I go. thought um, never hold a grudge. But there you go. Never hold
0: a grudge. Yeah, twenty-five years down the line, guys. Thanks, Dave. Ever so much Dave, for... can I
1: just before we before we finish, we touched on players out of contract, and I'll, ju- I'll just I'll do this quickly. Out of contract, we got sixteen players, one six out of contract, 2023. Six have got a one-year option, but the players out of contract are De Silva, Callas, Masengo, Wells, Bentley, Palmer, Jana, Viner. Uh, The ones with an option are are, are Awar Edwards, James Morton, Taylor Moore, Max O'Leary, Antoine Semenyo. So Semenyo's under contract to 2024. Harvey Walls, Richards, Nathan Baker, Tyreek Backinson, and Callum O'Dowder. But Callum has got a one-year option, which players like Baker and Tyreek Backinson haven't. He won't we will not given Tyreek his option from last year. So I, that is going to be the crux year, that which 2023. Is summer, which
0: is in 16 months' time, basically. So I think we're going to have yes. this. Uh, we're going to have this, I say, it's not quagma. We're going to have this uncertainty or reshaping um Big question. Would Nigel Pearson be still here in summer 23? That's an interesting well, one. Because that would Dave, be
2: the... can I just come in on yeah. Ian's last point before we finish? Mm. It's got to be this summer, hasn't it? Because we can't allow these players to walk. This summer, we either say to them, oh, are you signing a contract? Card? Yeah,
0: no, you're right. Sorry. The, Andy, are you going gonna
2: gonna right. to sign a contract? No, I'm not. Right, fine. It's got to be. We can't allow all of those people to walk out summer 2023. No.
1: Never, no, you know, never,
2: never
1: players be players like did. Palmer and what. Sorry, uh, honestly, I'd never be surprised if we did, based on what's happened, and I've seen this so many well, times, either. and and that was well, maybe we well, maybe, maybe
2: we'll eyes. blame Mark Ashton if that happens. Yeah, well, exactly blame Mark. right. Either <laughs> that, well, either was, that,
0: or
1: I think we should blame Mark Tuffin.
0: Well, no, I I think we should blame no. I well, don't look anything like it. I think we should blame Callum Dowder, to be honest. But uh, I have to say, this week as well, um, it. it it was Lee Johnson uh, terminated, had his contract terminated at Sunderland. And I read his uh, departure statement that he did from the LMA. And, you know, I I hold my hands up and say I was one of his harshest critics, but he did, he, he only won five out of the last 17. He was streaky, but he put in this statement that he won more points in the calendar year 2021 than any other manager in the EFL. But Problem is, Lee, the football season doesn't run Jan to December. It runs from August through to May. But I think, you know, he's a bit harsh. Uh, I think he's been a bit harshly treated up there, to be honest. And I think that was well, look, he Well, they lost today of- to
3: Doncaster, didn't they? I know.
0: I know. 2-1 at home to Donny. And Jamie, Jamie Mack is out as well. So I think he was treated a little bit harshly there, Lee, because I think, you know, he probably would have done it for them this uh, this season. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up next. Um, guys, thanks for your contribution. Thanks to everybody who's listened. The game against uh, Reading is on Wednesday. Obviously, we won't be doing a live pod uh, after uh, the game because it's all a bit too much of a rush. We'll be there, but we'll be recording it mm-hmm. on Thursday morning and it should be up available to uh listen from thursday lunchtime but have a good weekend everybody yeah, Dave, david
3: will you be david will you be reading the, the eulogy and we'll be reading from uh, john chapter three psalm number five as usual or have you found another part testament i
0: don't know but look i want to play my music now <laughs> just to piss me off but have a great weekend everybody yeah. and have a good week if you thank up. you stay I safe god, god bless you, you all to contributors
1: and and listeners alike bye bye
0: Brilliant. Cheers. Amen. Yeah, don't have yeah. I heard a robin this morning. <laughs> I'm feeling happy today. Gonna put my cares in a whistle.
2: Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky?
0: Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bob.
2: And along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robinson's out, b b bob, b
0: along.